Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's good, Internet? You're listening to episode 127 of the Syrupcast. We're recording this week's episode on Thursday, June 29th. The Syrupcast is a podcast devoted to fostering intelligent and fun discussion on anything and everything related to Canadian tech and the Canadian telecom ecosystem. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup Managing Editor, Patrick O'Rourke. Got a, got a random new title just for the podcast. Just for the podcast. Uh, community Manager, Zach Gilbert. What's going on? How are you, Zach? Good, good, good. You? Welcome back to the pod. Yeah, it's been a while. And he didn't leave me for last. That's because we have a very special <laughs> guest. Uh, joining us once again is Ted Kurtzonis. Ted, welcome back. Always a pleasure to have Thank you. Thank you, good sir. Always a pleasure. How are you, sir? I'm very well, and you? Are you excited to talk about iOS 11 and all things Apple? I'm, uh, whatever you want to talk about, I'm excited to talk about. Great. That's uh, a good answer. That's a great answer. Very diplomatic. We've got to talk about good internet. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, so if you came into... What? Remember? No. What's good internet? Oh, oh yeah. we got to talk oh, what's good about the internet. I got we'll it. get to that eventually. Um, if you came into today's podcast expecting a look back at the iPhone's anniversary, then you'll have to wait for next year because the iPhone turns 10 uh, in Canada next year, not this year. Uh, until then, we'll be talking about the Canadian launch of uh, Google Home, which Patrick reviewed for us. And as I mentioned, the public beta of iOS 11. Uh, so, Pat, do you want to get us started with... Uh, Google Home, you reviewed it. Did you review it as well? Today? I've had it since January. Oof, look at this bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I didn't have it since January, but I had it like, I think a couple of weeks early. Yeah. Uh, I think three or four. I picked it up when I was down in, in California. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a great device. I, I had the Alexa for probably almost a year beforehand. And my experience with it is very similar to my, my time with, with uh, Google Home. There's a few advantages like Google Assistant is better than asking Alexa questions because Alexa, unless you're using like a specific skill, can only source from Wikipedia. Um, So there's that. But also Google Assistant isn't perfect. There's a lot of stuff that I asked that it had no idea Mm -hmm. um, how to answer that I could very simply have just Googled and it would have given me the answer. I asked it accidentally how to get into Ian's bank account. It didn't give me any information. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. Continue. (laughs) Um, it, it's much nicer looking than the, uh, than the echo. I, I think it sort of blends more with the average home, but it depends mm-hmm. on like your personal taste and what kind of aesthetic you like. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, I, I guess the big, uh, and some people had, um, I guess you could say different opinions on this. I thought that the audio quality of the Google home wasn't as good as the echo, mm-hmm. but then again, that also depends on your taste and audio quality. Uh, when I was doing research, what other people were saying about it, um, the Echo is able to go much, much louder, mm-hmm. whereas the Home isn't. But it's better with uh, bass, I believe, is what is what I read. Uh, from my perspective, I, I like the Echo's sound much better than the Home. But I know mm-hmm. other people had different opinions. Um, but all in, like I, I liked it. I thought it was great. Uh, I think the lack of official multi-account mm-hmm. support is a bit of an issue with the Canadian mm-hmm. version. 
Uh, Google Canada said that it's coming. We don't know when specifically, but it but it is coming. And I know some readers have reached out to us to let us know that they've been able to use it. Mm-hmm. Google Canada is still saying that it's not officially available. Um, I think it's probably coming soon because it just launched in the UK. Mm-hmm. But but that's that that's a killer feature. Like so, multiple but just, people. Okay, but just to clarify for listeners, so yeah. when you say multi-account, you're referring to using multiple Google accounts. No, mul- multiple users using. Oh, it. multiple users Where using. It, yeah, so I think there, I think a workaround for that might be to change the language to U.S. English. That's what people were telling yeah. me. Yeah, um, I had it up. So I guess I'll explain the whole thing. So I had it up and running on my U.S. Google Home that I've had for a couple of weeks. Uh, but when I set up the Canadian one, if you use it with Canadian English, it switches both devices over. Um, if you're using two Google Homes at once, so then I lost that feature. Uh, a lot of readers reached out to mobile service Twitter account, as I'm sure Zach knows as well as myself, and said that the quick fix is switching the languages. Yeah. I did that, couldn't get it to work. I don't know if that has something to do with the fact that I, at one point, was using two Google Homes. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried mm-hmm. a lot of different stuff, like factory resetting, uh, reinstalling the app, every, everything that I could possibly think of, and I couldn't get that little prompt, that little blue uh, prompt to show up again. That's interesting. Um and there's other readers that reached out to say that they had the same problem. They tried resetting. They tried switching languages. They tried a bunch of different stuff. Nothing worked. So I don't know if it's a, a server-side thing or it had something to do with the UK release of uh, multi, multi-user support because that happened, I think, two days ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's my guess. I don't know. Um, but Google Canada says that it's not officially available. Mm. Uh, so, Ted, you've... Give us the six months after since you've had it for six yeah, months. Yeah, so so I have an Echo Dot as well. So I don't have the Echo, but I have the Dot. And it's basically uh, the same thing. It, right? Essentially, but the Dot you need to basically use with another speaker, right? If mm-hmm. you want if you want to play music through it, you need to plug it into a speaker or connect it via Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Whereas, which is which is good too if you yeah, have a really high end speaker for or something sure. like that. I mean, right? one of the rare things you can actually connect an Echo Dot to a Sonos Play Five. Oh, right? nice! Yeah. Because it has the aux in port in the back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now the Google home can do to other speakers through a Chromecast audio or a speaker that has casting it built in. Right? Yeah. So even technically you can go from an echo to an Nvidia shield. If mm-hmm. it's connected to really good speakers with your TV, you can make that work as well. So there's a number of different configurations mm-hmm. that can work, but basically, uh, between the two, my view is that Google home is better mm-hmm. when it comes to answering your basic queries. Uh, Alexa is better at connect, you know, controlling your smart home products. Mm-hmm. So because there's just way more integration, it just it just handles way more uh, stuff really mm-hmm. than uh, than Google Home does. Uh, with Alexa, you have IFTTT integration as well. Mm-hmm. Stringify, which is another IFTTT kind of platform. And for those who don't know, that's if this, then if that. If this, then that. Yeah, where you know you basically set a trigger and then there's an action from mm-hmm. that, right? You can do so, that. I believe I, I didn't do it, um, but I believe you can do that with Home too. It has yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, uh, mm-hmm. but Alexa, because it had the head start, there's just so much more. Oh, yeah, there's way, there, way more. Right? There's formulas so, already made. And oh stuff. yeah, I mean there are formulas already made for Alexa, right? Mm-hmm. That you can just you know choose from just off the bat right Mm -hmm. so that those are you know those are the two key differences i noticed in the in the months that i've used them Mm -hmm. um you know i can ask google about a certain person i can ask that person you know like i can ask an athlete's age or how Mm -hmm. long they played for a certain team alexa can answer those questions but it's not it's just not as deep it seems with that Mm -hmm. whereas i can i can tell alexa to change a scene for my Philips Hue lights mm-hmm. that Google Home can't do. Google mm-hmm. Home can only do colors. 
Mm-hmm. Granted, it can do better than red and black, like red and blue, and it can, you know, it can do burgundy, it can do fuchsia, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. It can do different types of shades and colors, but it can't do scenes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just Philips Hue, but there's a number of other things that, that it can't do in a smart home. You have to set up the, the scenes ahead of time, though, right, with, with Hue? Like, because that's what a scene well, is. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Right? But, even, but even a scene that you created yourself, Alexa can recognize it. Can it can recognize it, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, you just have to set it. Like, when you set it up in the Alexa app, you, you're just basically connecting it to, to Alexa. Oh, okay, cool. The only caveat is that you have to be pretty precise in how you actually ask for what you want it to do. So that's the other thing I wanted to point out, too, is that when you talk to both of these platforms, if they don't hear what you're asking in, in kind of the right way, mm-hmm. they, they, they're not going to understand you. For sure. So, yeah. right. So how you phrase something uh, can make a difference. And I'm not and to be honest, I'm not sure how accents, uh, how it how it interprets accents. Mm-hmm. So I did yeah. like that with home that you can right out of the box uh, change colors with Philips. You like if you, you say it. Whatever oh, yeah. light you want to turn on, I yeah. thought that was cool. But yeah. I, I didn't know about the the scene stuff with Alexa. That's interesting. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, so Teddy, beyond actually uh, Zach, the, what I wanted to ask you was, um, what's been kind of the reaction from our readers? Have they does it seem like they're excited for this technology for the home specifically? Um, <clears throat> hard to say. Like we're gonna we're gonna run a poll to kind of get a bigger insight in terms of what people are thinking of mm-hmm. like these home automation. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people do seem to enjoy the device. Like, a lot of people seem to pick it up uh, just based upon how many people are inquiring about adding multi-user support mm-hmm. or commenting that it's there, that's not there, and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll it'll definitely be interesting, you know, when Apple launches their HomePod, right? And mm-hmm. to kind of see where things go and uh, what the market wants. Uh, before we get to the HomePod, what I did want to ask you, Teddy, was beyond professional curiosity and kind of an obligation to knowing your stuff, would you get one of these devices if you weren't in tech yes and why is that because of the convenience Mm -hmm. um i mean to be able to turn off my bedroom lights or turn on my living room lights or you know uh ask it to give me okay give you know tell me what is 30 percent of whatever number Mm -hmm. uh flip a coin uh Mm -hmm. you know um i mean give me a famous quote from someone I can name, you know, a famous person. Uh, like, I don't know. I, I like that kind of convenience of being able to, mm-hmm. or even the weather. I mean, that's a really convenient one. Yeah. Like, hey, Google, is it going to rain today? Yeah. Right? And it'll tell me no or yes, it will. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go specific as to, okay, you can expect rain, you know, at this time or in the evening, mm-hmm. but at least it, it gives you somewhat of a rundown of what you can expect for the weather. Mm-hmm. So those t- those those conveniences to me are, are worth it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would, I would. I would definitely be into it. Yeah, one of the ones, uh, and it's not related to Google Home, but it is to Assistant, and you can ask it, um, Google, or, okay, Google, give me my daily briefing, and it'll tell you the weather. And then if you have news sources chosen, um, the first time you play, it'll play like NPR. Uh, so you get like a yeah. complete rundown you, of you America. Can total, you can totally customize yeah. it too with the Canadian but one. Bear yeah. in mind, though, that there are certain things in Assistant that you get on the phone that you don't get at home. Wow. So email integration, not going to happen. Google mm-hmm. Docs integration, none of that either. Mm-hmm. You cannot set reminders, so it will not remind you of anything. Oh, really? Yeah, you can't do that with Google Home yet. Mm-hmm. So you can with Google Assistant, as we know, on the phone, but we can't mm-hmm. do that with Google Home. There's no reminders. Mm-hmm. It, you can set a timer. You, you can, can set, set an calendars, alarm. calendar appointments. You can do yeah. that. You mm-hmm. can set an alarm. You can set set a timer but no reminders it will not actually light up it like wake up and remind you mm-hmm. uh, of something that you needed to do mm-hmm. i think the other thing for the average 
user to um, is the the Spotify or Google Play Music integration. Or yeah, with, I with, want to get into that. Yeah, and it's yeah. actually pretty. Great it's amazing because you can just say any song by any artist yeah, and yeah. it plays instantly. It's amazing, and even really and cool. even a playlist I created on Spotify, it will know. That's true. Yeah. Um. So so that that's a you know to your question earlier, that's a huge part of the convenience for me because sure. I just I just play music just by asking for it. Mm-hmm. I don't even really look at the phone, mm-hmm. right? And and the fact that it knows now, there's a bit of a variation here because Alexa is really good. I noticed at knowing variations of songs. So if there's a remix mm-hmm. of a certain song, it seems to know it a little better than Google Home does. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like I I asked for a song once and and Home played a karaoke version of the song for <laughs> yeah. some reason. I like, agree. I had yeah. the same experience. Yeah. I don't know why. Um. Yeah. You know, but things like Alexa doesn't do that. Alexa will play the song that mm-hmm. I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. So, um. So let's. Take you back to your local deli shop. The guy making you the pastrami asks um, <laughs> your pastrami sandwich. He asks, you know, uh, Ted, I want to get one of these personal assistants or uh, smart home speakers. Um, what would you tell them? Would you tell them, you know, to get Google Home? Would you tell them to wait specifically either for the Alexa uh, or for the HomePod? Um, and, you know, it'd be great to have your thoughts as well, guys. Well, I mean, you can buy an Echo Dot in the U.S. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, if you have some way of getting it from a friend or a relative in the U.S., you can get, you can buy an Echo Dot quite easily. Same with the, uh, you know, other, and that's yeah. the way the home was too. I mean, mm-hmm. I got these, I bought these in the U.S. So, um, I would say that if you want a smaller footprint, the Echo Dot is great. But in either case, whether you buy a home or or an Echo product, mm-hmm. bear in mind that you're not getting great speakers. Okay, mm-hmm. so. If you have a speaker that you can connect to, either via Bluetooth or through casting or something like that, then I think yes, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you want to play music through it, which I imagine people would want to do, especially if they're Spotify subscribers or Google Play Music subscribers, right? Mm-hmm. Apple Music, of course, does not work on either of these, just yeah. to clarify. So um, yeah, I think, I think definitely they're worth it if you want the convenience mm-hmm. and if you recognize also that you're not getting like a Sono speaker mm-hmm. when you're buying this. Like it's not, the audio quality is not there. It's not bad, but it's certainly not exceptional. Mm-hmm. Patrick? What was the question? So uh, if a friend or family member asked you oh, uh, to recommend one of these, what would um, you? I mean, it, it would all depend what they want to do with it, right? Uh, for me, I, I've written about it and talked about it a bunch of times. The killer feature with... Um, the echo was the mm-hmm. fact that it links all of these silly smart home products that I have in under one sort of uniform umbrella. And that was why I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Home is a little bit different because I think it's more capable in terms of answering questions that you're asking it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but like if my mom was like, Hey, should I buy this? I'd be like, mm, I don't think you're going to get a ton of use out of it. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on the person. But I, I think I would just say get the home. Like for me, the experience with both of them was so similar. There's, minute differences between them but for the most part they did exactly the same thing uh so i have a follow-up question to that but zach as a resident apple i would say get the uh, home pod no (laughs) just to like get it before it's out yeah Yeah. (laughs) resonating what everyone else has been saying like it it all depends on what you're going to do with the device um it also depends on maybe what device excuse me what device you're using yourself right so Mm -hmm. if you're using a Google uh, device, so an Android device, you may be more inclined to go with a Google Home. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're an iPhone user, you may more be more inclined to, to go with the mm-hmm. HomePod, right? Um, and if you're looking for something that is a better speaker because you don't have something that's you know decent to play your music on, 
you may want to hold out for the um HomePod. the HomePod yeah. if you're an Apple user because the support for Android users would probably be like next to none. I'd assume you'd probably be like ask questions and do basic series. Well, it's stuff. only supporting Apple Music anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, from the start. I think, so. I think it would do like everything else though because it's an independent device. Yeah, right? but mm-hmm. you would that extra layer. We we also still don't know like anything about the IoT integration with yeah. it because I yeah. don't think any of that was ready when they showed it off at WWE. Well, it'll support, they said HomeKit stuff, right? So, um, is what they said. They did yeah. say HomeKit. Yeah. They, yeah, they did say that there would be HomeKit and they glossed over the Siri side of the equation which is kind of important. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know if there's something new that they're going to be talking about with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I mean... <laughs> Siri is way behind. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. I barely use it because it's just not good enough compared to the other two. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. So um, we'll talk more about the HomePod, but something that Patrick said struck me as very interesting, which was he's like, they're basically the same. So how does that kind of bode for either Google or Amazon when these products are so similar? Oh, I mean, I mean, they're the same to the average consumer. Like mm-hmm. we know there's differences. Uh speaker quality alexa has mm-hmm. skills google home has a whole other ecosystem um but i i mean in canada there's only one player right mm-hmm. one official player is, is is the google home mm-hmm. how does it bode well for well i mean the uh let me uh re-ask that question who wins in that situation when they're like which company okay okay yeah. so here's one thing okay mm-hmm. right now as it stands because the home is out here in canada it has localization that alexa does not mm-hmm. so my echo dot for example thinks i have a seattle address <laughs> because it doesn't allow me to put a canadian yeah. one in there now the home even though when i had it before it launched here it allowed me to put in my my normal address mm-hmm. so it, it it would give me localized info i could ask for the weather simply by asking for the weather if i'm asking the echo if i'm asking alexa what the weather is I have to say, what's the weather like in Toronto? Yeah. Right? And you have to specify Celsius. Well, you already set that anyway, Mm -hmm. right? Like you set that in the app. But Mm -hmm. I have to ask based on location, Mm -hmm. you know, because localized, it thinks I'm in the U.S., Mm -hmm. right? So that's one difference right now. Until the Echo comes out in Canada, that's going to be what the experience is like. Mm -hmm. It's a minor thing, but it's just something I should point out. Mm Mm-hmm. I think like one of the the, the killer features of you know eventually when the Echo comes to Canada and Alexa in general, mm-hmm. and that uh, the Amazon products would have above it, it would be Prime integration, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, Alexa, that order me cool. this, order me that, right? Um, that all Google the toilet paper you could ever yeah, want. All the toilet paper. <laughs> I would actually use that feature quite yeah. a bit if it was available. You're cooking something, you know, Alexa, order me more flour or whatever, right? Get me dad oil, Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. And they both do recipes, mm-hmm. right? You can ask Google Home for a recipe. In mm-hmm. fact, I asked it once. I said, you know, I, because I didn't want to use butter in a recipe. So I said, you know, how much butter, so how much olive oil should I use to uh, Subst- replace, yeah. substitute for, you know, X amount of butter? And it would tell me mm-hmm. how much to put in, right? Like, that's pretty cool. So, you know, I mean, even other things too, like uh, if I wanted to go out and eat somewhere, uh, mm-hmm. it, it could tell me how late that place is open till, mm-hmm. right? Um, or when they open. Uh, you know, where the nearest location was, things like that. I mean, Alexa can't do that because, again, the localization isn't there. Mm-hmm. So so Google Home has that ability to know what's around you at the very least mm-hmm. and to give you at least some context that you're looking for. I wonder what it would look like um, when and if the Echo ever Yeah, I, absolutely. Here. Yeah, I mean, and the shopping element, I think, would be huge, too, yep. mm-hmm. when the Echo comes out here. Uh, the next time you're entertaining guests, uh, ask Google Home or tell it, I'm feeling lucky. 
That's uh, my I suggest- will. There's a bunch of <laughs> yeah. weird Canadian Easter eggs. I did like a list of them. This one's pretty good though. Is so, it? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it when I go home. Um, so I guess obviously the elephant in the room as it were is the HomePod. How do you see that panning out? I mean, obviously we have so little information about it in the one sense. Uh, all that Apple sold us at uh, WWDC was like, it's a great speaker. We want to kill Sonos. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. They said that because they, they didn't have any other story to tell. At that moment, So yeah. okay, So basically they played up the music side of this either for one of two reasons. Either because they don't have anything to say about Siri or because they have something to say about Siri at a later time. Mm-hmm. So, because to me, the key is not the music so mm-hmm. much as it is the Siri integration. If I wanted a really good speaker, why am I buying that? Mm-hmm. You know, because like, it locks you into Apple Music. Well, yeah. yeah, but like I would buy a Sonos or something else. I think that's I mean, the market it, they want, though, too, right? Because Apple's always about the high end. Sure. Going head on with Sonos, the high end, one of the better. I'm, I'm not an audiophile, I'll preface it with that, but I my understanding is that Sonos is one of the higher end speakers that you can buy on the market. So to me, going head to head against them to an extent makes sense because that's what Apple's always about high end, very expensive devices. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Now we know that Sonos will be getting Alexa integration probably by before the end of the year, Google home is possible as well. Um, and we already know that with Google home, you can work with speakers that have a Chromecast audio, right? So there, there are different ways that you can configure this setup when you have it, but with the HomePod, I suspect that will not be the case. It'll be a walled garden, even though they said that they're gonna open it up with AirPlay 2 so that other speakers can be involved. Um, again, they're, obviously they left things out in, in, in talking about this product. They did mention the music, they played that up. They didn't really go into the Siri side of things and they just mentioned HomeKit. They really didn't show what the home a smart home integration is like, right? So I think people will be interested in it because it's Apple. Oh, yeah, and they're also, I, I mentioned earlier, it's only Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Sonos supports like 30 different music services. Yeah. So, um, you know, will Apple get to that number? They might, but that w- would they want to then cannibalize their own? I think. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. They'll, they'll, Platform. Always, they'll always just have that yeah. music. Yeah, that's See? what I think. I think, you know, the worst case scenario for me for the HomePod is it is a $700 speaker that sells, that locks you into Apple Music. Or it's a $700 speaker to sell you on an Apple Music subscription. Is it $700? When it's not in Canada. It's probably it was, in Canada. Well, it's 349 be, So yeah. you're looking at probably 500 Yeah. Five, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think there's more that we, we have. Of, obviously, yeah. Um, and I mentioned this in the, one of the other podcasts that... It's interesting that they put an A9 processor in this thing, right? That's a super powerful processor. Um, there's got to be more than just it calculating, you know, the reverberation in the room to detect where it needs to project audio. Mm-hmm. I think there's more. Apple's the company that they tell you what they want you to know, and then, you know, they leave things out. So with them not even mentioning, you know, further past that series there, I think we're, we haven't been told the full story. I think I talked about it before, too. That there's a reason why they revealed it at WWE. DC to try to get developers on board with it. There's a lot of 
I don't know if there's a lot. There's a few sessions listed on the sort of the schedule related to the HomePod that journalists couldn't attend. So I think that was part of the strategy is like get it out there, say we're working on this thing. We don't really have anything to show in terms of IoT uh, Siri integration right now, but we're hoping to ramp up and have stuff in, in a couple months once developers are on board. Whether or not that's like a good strategy, I, I don't know, but I think that that's what they're well, doing. Well, considering that they completely screwed up by not opening up Siri to developers earlier, uh, they uh, came too late with it. Oh yeah, like I mean, you're you're you have a head start before everybody else. You launched Siri in 2011. Like think about that. That's almost six years ago that they launched this thing, and then they just kept it to themselves. They never opened it up to developers to be able to integrate with it with their apps, right? So imagine if you know Spotify or you know Netflix were able to make use of Siri in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be great, right? So instead, we haven't had that, and now they're trying to play catch up. So the, so the HomePod, I think, is part of that strategy, but I agree with Zach. I think that there's, there's a, there's an, there are elements here that they have not told us yet, mm-hmm. and they may not reveal some of them until after it even launches. Who knows, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but the Siri element to me is the, is the key because the music is one thing, but if Siri doesn't do anything of value, mm-hmm. then why are you buying it, really, as a mm-hmm. speaker? And, and you also have to be an Apple Music subscriber. So yeah. I don't know. Well, I th- and I think, you know, for Google, like they've got first mover advantage, right? So they're, yeah. they're in Canada first and it's not, Google is like the one product where you don't have to, or the Google Home, sorry, you don't have to be an Android user to use, no, right? Because people use Gmail, um, like all the Google services all the time. Well, there's an, right? iOS, there's an iOS app yeah, exactly, to control right? the Google Home. Right? Um, so. so it's, th- that's the big benefit with them, right? So and iPhone users are going to buy this thing and then Apple is going to come to market with this much more expensive device and then they'll have to compete with that yeah because the other thing too is will would apple allow apple music to be controlled through google home or alexa my guess is no right but that again shuts more doors uh that might you know might be worth opening so i don't know what the strategy is we'll see but um i don't know it's uh curious uh so uh, HomePod wasn't the only thing uh, Apple showed off at WWDC. They also obviously showed off iOS 11. That went into public beta this week. Zach and Patrick, you two have been using that uh, first impressions, and then we'll go from there. On Using it on my iPhone 7 Plus, the experience isn't vastly different. I mean, there's some font changes. The, Apple's, the App Store is completely redesigned um, for better for the most part. The App Store? Yeah, it's better. To- it's better? totally redesigned. Oh, fully redesigned for sure. I like the I front page of the App Store um, because app discoverability is a yeah. huge problem. I think it helps with that. Uh, I think once it's less static and it's changing all the time, it'll look a little better. There's other issues with it, like the update screen looks like garbage and a few other things. And instead of update, it says open. Like beta yeah, problems, Yeah, there's right? weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, what's it called? When you when you swipe up from the bottom of the control center. Oh, that's a dumpster fire. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the new control center. Uh, that's so, one of the things that I didn't like. Yeah, so, so from before you, uh, you swiped up to get home, you know, yeah. and then you could swipe left um, to get other panes, and you had other options in there with app music or whatever, right? Um, now they kind of just threw everything on one page. You have a little bit more customization to it, like you can select what you want to show on there. Mm-hmm. The killer for me is... Um, and any listeners, if you've downloaded the beta, um, it's pretty stable. Give it a try. But uh, when you swipe down to close Control Center, I always swipe down on my screen I've brightness. Done that too. I've done that too. And I turn my screen brightness down all the way instead of you know. Now you got to think. Okay, I need to swipe over here. 
or I can't swipe here because then I'm going to hit the volume down button. And I think that's going to change before the final release. I've seen a lot of people talking about that. Well, they just need to move it like over to a different side, over, right? Yeah. And you you can't change the default Apple mm-hmm. things, right? So mm-hmm. um, there's I other th- there's other stuff that's cool, like the drag and drop and the files app is something that I think for, should for have existed, iPad, right? Like f- for iPhone, I don't think there was much as you were saying, but I think no, the big much. like um, the big centerpiece for iPhone would be. And it's not even that big. It's like the the more humanization of Siri's voice. Oh yeah, you're telling me about that. Right? I never so used Siri, so I didn't even didn't even occur to me. <coughs> Her voice is. Um, do you have the Do you have the beta on yours? No, I've seen it though. Uh, I've seen it from others who already have it. I, I didn't so want to put it on my primary phone. I think yeah. it's time for a guest appearance. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know if you want to try to, to play Siri's voice. Just say, ask her to tell you a story or something like that. And then I'm going to ask her one. to divide okay. zero by yeah, what's yeah, zero, divided yeah, by zero? zero divided by zero. To the divi- sorry? What's zero <laughs> divided by zero? Hey, Siri, what's zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And you are sad that have no friends. <laughs> this is throwing you under the bus. Yeah. But now you listen to to it on iOS 11. Hey Siri, divide zero by zero. Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? So she, it's it more human, right? Yeah, like she's does, got yeah, various yeah. inflections and stuff on yeah, various words. Yeah, definitely. So like on the iPhone, the drag and drop that's on the iPad is not there, right? Isn't like there a drag and drop on the iPhone? There's you know, hidden code apparently yeah. that they were either a playing with it or toying with doing it. Um, there's small drag and drop. Like I can, if I get a phone number, I can drop it into the the text box. Okay, like maybe that, that's right? what I saw. Um, but uh, I think the the hu- more humanization of um, Siri's voice is huge. Um, yeah. Whether it's for the good or for the bad, like I, a lot of companies decide to go with more robotic, so it's not as human. Um, so people are more comfortable using it. Um, but uh, I don't know. I find it more interesting. Than the the iPads were the the big changes there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been using it with the the ten point five inch Pro, which is kind of the device that it was it was designed for. And I mean, there's no way that I would ever be able to do like my job at mobile syrup on it. I was telling Igor about this before the pod, but like I actually leave my my MacBook in my backpack at, at night now, and I and I just pull out the, the the iPad, and I can use it to do everything that I want to do. That's like consuming entertainment or multitasking. The fact that the um, so what dock, is specifically that's what, that's what yeah, we're going to go through yeah. so the, the dock you can put way more apps in it the dock is always accessible you can just swipe up and it's there it makes jumping between apps like I know multitasking existed before on iOS on iPad but this makes it much more Mac OS like well yeah I was just going to say what does that remind you of it's exactly yeah. like. <laughs> what, 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 what did I say when I was here last Why that they needed to bring more mm-hmm. Mac OS yeah. into iOS mm-hmm. or that they should make an iPad that actually runs Mac OS one or the other mm-hmm. so clearly Someone was listening. They were like, Tim Cook was listening to the pod. He was like, (laughs) No, but I mean, in all seriousness, like they at least realized, okay, you know what? We need Mm -hmm. to incorporate some of what makes Mac OS great into this. What is tech, you know, really a a mobile OS. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, 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 you know, if you want people to be productive, you have to take in some of the the, the foundation, the structure. The complexity. Yes, that that we are used to from laptops and desktops. Mm -hmm. Well, they're seeing the Surface gain market share, right? So they're like, oh, shit. We've got to change it up. And uh, there's other stuff, too. Like, uh, I know it's called Split View was was what existed before with iOS 10. Slide over by grabbing Mm -hmm. an app and pulling it to the corner, and then you lock it into Split View. Mm -hmm. And I think that lets you run 
up to three apps. I, I've only done it once because usually I just want two things running at once. But you don't have to lock it in. So no, you, you don't have you can, to. You, you can, can take hover. messages yeah. and let it hover over. I always, yeah. I always end up locking it in eventually anyways. Um, but, but the way that you're able to do the multitasking for me was much more intuitive than ever before. Just yeah. dragging the app and dropping it in, in place rather than the sort of convoluted way that you used to have to activate split view. Which is the swipe over from the right hand side yeah. and then this carousel of apps that you can Which I, th- I, I think it worked fine, but I mean, I, I just don't feel like that was intuitive because I found myself no, yeah, yeah, rarely yeah. using it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel that this does enough to make it more of a productivity machine? And if not, why? I, I think it does enough if you're using it so you ask productivity. Because mm-hmm. I think but, that's... But for who, right? Like depends productivity on who it's for. For, for us is different than productivity like I, to a basic family. I could not use this thing to do my job. Mm-hmm. No way. There's no possible way. But I could take it on a weekend trip and I would not be as concerned with just having that one device on me. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that. I think it would depend on what, uh, like what you do for a living. Um, Mm-hmm. That would be the one thing that would matter. Like maybe if you just mess around in spreadsheets, this is something that you could you could do. You could bust out the Apple Pencil, and you'd have the same precision that you had when you're using um, just a traditional trackpad. But if you're like what we do, no way. Yeah. I wouldn't even attempt it. Like if you're a family and you've got a family computer, you know, some families do that. one computer for there for everyone. Uh, I guess is less and less now with uh, the, well, that's the what I had when expenses I was coming down. Yeah, right. Um, but I think that in those scenarios, I think an iPad would work right like mm-hmm. they're just checking their email you know using word or pages or doing some homework and stuff like that but i think for the professional side it it's a good complementary device yeah, um but yeah. i don't think it can just uh replace yeah like a, an actual computer like i was saying before we started recording too i think i mentioned it to zach that i would recommend like my mom could take this and mm-hmm. use it to yeah. do all of the things that she does with her uh windows 10 super old Dell PC um, mm-hmm. that she she could take all of that and she could do it on the iPad much quicker and much easier. So I think it depends on the person and it depends on the audience. But I, I wouldn't consider that use case uh, technically productivity, right? Mm-hmm. Like if Apple's still marketing this as like uh, a MacBook replacement or it's marketing it as as mm-hmm. a device that anyone can take and do their job on, that's not what it is. And that's yeah. as long as it's running iOS. To me, that's never what it's going to be. Who are they kidding? A MacBook replacement? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, it, it, it isn't. Yes, it's a step in the right direction, but it's not it. I mean, the, the, we mentioned the Surface. The Surface works because it runs a desktop OS. Mm-hmm. There, you know, and there's a, you know, there are some touch features that you can use when it's in tablet mode. Mm-hmm. So they adapted an they adapted an operating system to work in two different ways, and it works for the most part. I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it works for the most part. I, I enjoy using the Surface when I use it, um, but iOS and macOS are still very mutually exclusive. There's not, a, you know, there, there, there's some overlap now with some of these new features, but we're not there yet. The issue I would posit is also that iOS w- is a mob- is a smartphone first operating system, yeah. right? And I think if the iPad is ever going to be viable as it's kind of, or if it's ever going to stand on its own, it needs to, they need to build something from the ground up where it's, how do you build the perfect tablet operating system. But the, fa- but no the foundation is the same. But, yeah. but, but I mean, sure, the, the but code is the same. For mm-hmm. iOS and Mac, and Mac OS, the, the, the code that, everything that is based on is essentially mm-hmm. the same foundation. Mm-hmm. It just it just forks in a different way beyond mm-hmm. that. So it's not like Apple can't do it. They mm-hmm. could, they just don't want to. Mm-hmm. So they, 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 you know, they're all in on, on whatever it is they're doing. Uh, you know, we they believe in iOS. They think that they can 
they can fashion it into something that is productive, mm-hmm. right? We they've already proven it's great for consumerism, like, you know, consumption consuming content. Okay, great, we got that. They believe that they can make it a productivity platform. I'm not convinced yet. I mean, these are good features that definitely move it in the right direction. The file system is overdue, long overdue for the iPad, mm-hmm. but. You know, there, there's there's other things that are missing too, and I just I don't know that people are going to be convinced to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to drop my laptop and I'm going to get one of these, and I'm going to be just as productive. I have a feeling that for most people, that's not going to be the case. I don't know if they'll ever will. Like it, it, the question is, if they did do that, are they going to sell you know thousands, millions or more iPads? I don't know. But you know, why sell two products when you can sell three? Right. Yeah, to, I, to I don't customer, think they're ever going to do right? it. So they're selling an iPad, a Mac. And a phone to a customer. It would be fascinating to see uh, an iPad that ran Mac OS. Like oh, what, yeah. what that That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, like. the, but but, but the, the company's cannibalized itself before. I mean, they mm-hmm. could have. They they still sell iPods, but nobody talks about that because mm-hmm. ultimately it got cannibalized by the iPhone. Mm-hmm. So the, the company's not averse to cannibalizing itself. It just hates when someone else cannibalizes them. it. Yeah. Okay. They don't want a, they don't want a competitor doing that. But they're more than happy when it's done in house. Mm-hmm. So. The Macs, uh, which still, I think, sell relatively well for them, right? I don't think they did extremely well with the new Pros, partly mm-hmm. because of the price and partly because that touch bar is, you know, a fad. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the iPad is that one product line, I think, that they're kind of stumped with right now. Because, you know... It's 11 quarters of declining sales. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they're, they're clearly trying to turn the tide on that. And they, I think they recognize that for consumers who are buying iPads, they're going to stick with them for three or four years. They're not going to buy new ones uh, very often. So you need to go after the, you know, the business and productivity user. Totally makes sense as a strategy. But in order to lure them in, in order to get them in, you have to give them a value prop that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to feel like they can get the job done using the product. And they're not there right now. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft, surprisingly for some people, mm-hmm. you know, is making that case mm-hmm. and saying, hey, you know what, get this thing and we can give you an experience that kind of covers both grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that note, it's getting hot in here. Um, <laughs> Zach, shout outs. Me first. Yeah. Um, or do you, or how about we switch minute? Sorry. Go ahead. Sure. Um, so for, for my switch minute this week, uh, I'm going to mention a game that came out when the switch launched, but I wasn't able to get my hands on it. So it's a Japanese RPG called I am Setsuna that's made by Tokyo RPG Factory. I believe Div- that's correct. Yes. Division of Square and Enix. Enix. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's kind of a throwback to old school role playing games that I played when I was growing up, like Chrono Trigger, uh, Final Fantasy three. So much so that I was playing and I wasn't paying very close attention on the go train, had to get off, open it back up when I got back to my condo, realized that I died and lost all of the progress that I made for the last hour because the game uses a save point system, which is insane in 2017. But that said, it's it's a great game. It's a cool throwback, and someone who likes nostalgic game experiences, they're gonna find a lot to like about it. Zach, so I was gonna do like some movie shout out because oh, Transformers is, is coming out Michael this Barry. weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, explosions and uh, lens flare and whatnot. Um, no, but I, I recently downloaded and purchased a game on the Xbox One called Dead by Daylight. Um, so I'm usually like a shoot 'em up person, game mm-hmm. type of person. Call of Duty um, is his Call favorite. of Duty for the win. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm a super casual gamer. Um, this one was an indie uh, studio. I'm not sure. I can't remember who made it's it. Um, yeah. But it was like 30 bucks. You go around. You work with uh, three other people, and then there's like a, a killer, whether it be um, this crazy nurse or this witch or this zombie thing. 
Um, and you got to just work as a team to get these generators going and then get out and, and escape. And it's like a party game? Yeah, definitely a party game. Um, all online. There's no story mode. But it's just cool experience. Um, like I said, indie development. So it's kind of cool to support that as well. It was made by Behavior Interactive. Ooh. Says and Google. It, and it uses um, Unity's platform. Uh, no, sorry. Un- Unreal. 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 Unreal, Unreal, Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Um, but it's a cool game. Entertaining. Very nice. Ted? Yeah, mine is in two parts. One, Canada turns 150. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So How that's could we forget? Sad. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and the second thing is that finally someone in the government came to their senses and amended the drone rules mm-hmm. so that some of us who like to fly these things can fly them without you know feeling totally constricted. So mm-hmm. uh, they announced that today. Um, and uh, finally now people can fly these drones in the summer without having to worry about any kind of citation or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can find yeah. them near cows, which mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, where can uh, where can everyone find you guys, Zach? Um, on Twitter and whatnot, uh, it's just Zach Gilbert, Z A C H G I L B E R T. You can find Mobile Syrup. Um, I don't know if you're going to get there, but I'm going to yes. get there first. Oh. Um, you can find Mobile Syrup on Twitter, Facebook, uh, pretty much any platform that has value. Um, Snapchat, we're there, but we don't do much because who uses Snapchat anymore? Um, and it's Whoa, just <laughs> at mobile syrup on uh, most of the platforms. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke. And my last name is O R O U R K E. I think Did I spelled that right. Did you just have to search for your old username? No, I was going to, I'm going to give Igor a note about uh, something. Okay. Okay. Ted, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at by Teddy K B Y Teddy K. Uh, and, uh, at by, t- oh, and by Teddy K.com. And of course on mobile syrup. Hmm. Um, is there any uh, recent articles you'd like to shout out that you wrote that people should check yeah, out? Yeah, well, uh, I've got uh, the new Hira. It's all ready to go. We yeah, got it scheduled yeah, to go there, up on yeah, the weekend. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, another pair of uh, wireless earbuds. Uh, I have a selfie, the, the Rova selfie drone uh, reviews okay. coming up. Of course, I did the uh, Huawei P10 and P10 Plus cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked at those. They were impressive mm-hmm. uh, as well. So, you know, more stuff coming up, I'm sure, beyond that. <clears throat> This week, we didn't get to reader questions. Uh, I'm thinking we might have a, kind of an episode dedicated to it. It'd be great if you could join us, Teddy, Absolutely, to answer reader yeah. questions. How do you email or how do you get us one of those questions? Two ways. Uh, well, three ways, actually. I might make a dedicated post where you can just comment and put in uh, your question. That seems to be the easiest for people. Uh, you can also email us at podcast at mobilesyrup.com. There's a couple questions we've been meaning to get to. Uh, one from Gary about... PS Vita and PlayStation. Oh, uh, oh man, I want to answer that. Uh, uh, <laughs> we'll get to your question, Gary. Um, and there were other questions from last week's episode with Christine that we unfortunately just couldn't get to. Um, so we'll get eventually get to those. But the best way and the way I'm waiting for someone to send us is you can record your question, email it at us, uh, email it again to us uh, using podcast at mobilesyrup.com. And our engineer, Robin, will put it into the podcast so people can hear your wonderful voice. Someone should do that. I want it to happen. Yes. So please, please do that so we can add you to the podcast so we can have four people in the room. What's your shout out? I want to know. Ah, um, so I just read, started reading um, uh, the Expanse series uh, after watching the, uh, se- uh, you can watch it on Crave TV. It's this great hard sci-fi series. Uh, way too many books, but um I always, for whatever reason, I'd like to... The first book is called Leviathan Wakes. Uh, it says it's written by one person, but it's actually a pen name for two people, uh, which was kind of interesting to me. Like, two people writing one novel, how does that work? Um, anyway, if you like really like technical sci-fi, great series. Um, a 
aside from that, thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy your long weekend uh, and happy birthday, Canada. See you. Bye. See you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.